0: Welcome to MV Talks, a podcast by Maya Vandenberg Lawyers in Canberra. MV Talks is an in-depth look at the legal issues facing individuals,
1: business and government. Welcome to MV Talks. I'm your host, Christine Murray. For a tenant, entering into a lease can be a daunting prospect. It is certainly a significant business decision and, when you get it right, it can set your business up for long-term commercial success. A lease is probably the largest contract most businesses will ever enter into, both in terms of it being for a long term, usually several years, and imposing a significant ongoing financial burden. Today I've invited Jennifer Jaiske and Marcia Bowden to discuss with me leasing from a tenant's perspective. Jennifer is an associate at Maya Vanderberg Lawyers who specialises in commercial leasing. Jennifer has several years' experience in acting for landlords and tenants to draft and negotiate leases. Hi Jennifer.
2: Hi Christine.
1: Marcia is the director of Bowden Advisory Services, which is a property consultancy advising a range of local and interstate clients, primarily in lease advocacy roles. Hi Marcia. Hi Christine. Today, Marcia and Jennifer will explain how you can avoid hidden costs and protect your interests as a tenant. If we start off by considering the legislation which protects tenants, uh, particularly in New South Wales and the ACT, Jennifer, could you talk to us a little about that, please?
2: In the ACT, the Act is called the Leases, Commercial and Retail Act, and in New South Wales, it's called the Retail Leases Act.
1: And is there similar legislation in other jurisdictions, Jennifer?
2: Yes, all of the jurisdictions in Australia have either an Act or a Code which covers similar topics.
1: Tenants of commercial premises can be protected by legislation in each jurisdiction, but ultimately there's no such thing as a standard form lease. Tenants may be faced with lengthy documents and they may contain onerous terms. What are the kinds of documents that tenants may be faced with when entering into a commercial lease?
2: So the types of documents that tenants might be provided with are a lease proposal or heads of agreement, a lease, which is a sublease in the ACT, a disclosure statement, there might be separate personal guarantee documents. If the premises hasn't been built yet or if there's significant works, there may be an agreement for lease. There also may be fit out guidelines which the owner requires them to comply with and building rules. They might get a deed of incentive and there might also be a deed of works.
1: So that's a substantial amount of documentation for a business person to get across, isn't it, in relation to a lease? And presumably that documentation could be hundreds of pages. In that documentation, um, as I said, landlords aren't required to put standard provisions and they have a lot of flexibility about how they approach the relationship between landlord and tenant. What might be some of the hidden costs that might arise under that leasing documentation? Out of the uh,
0: agreement that you strike with the landlord will usually be um, contain an incentive of some form. But some of the hidden costs will be things like a make good and or a redecoration clause at the end of the lease, which could run to a significant sum of money, upwards of you know, $200 per square metre. There are the clauses on who repairs and maintains what within the premises, There's also the bank guarantee you'll be required to pay a deposit but also a bank guarantee or a bond and then there are insurances and I'm seeing frequently where lessors or landlords are asking the tenants to insure not just their fit out but also um, parts of the building as well.
1: Thanks Marcia and Jennifer what do you see as some of the hidden traps that might arise in lease documentation? Um, Some common things that
2: you'll see for incentives may be a clause that requires a tenant to pay back the incentive at some point during the term if they breach the lease or if they assign the lease. That's often something that we point out to our clients. Um, And I agree with Marcia that um, make good and redecoration clauses are often ones that we draw tenants' attention to because they are not always thinking forward into the future
1: as to some of the things that might come up. Some of the terminology which is used by agents in relation to leasing is terminology such as gross leases and net leases. Could you please explain to me what the difference is? A gross
0: lease is a lease whereby the tenant pays a monthly amount for their rent as well as a contribution to the increase in outgoings. Each landlord has to pay for rates, taxes, repairs, maintenance, insurance, property management fees and they will then pass some of that back proportionally back onto the tenant. Whereas a net lease, the tenant pays base rent and all outgoings.
1: Thanks, Marcia. Jennifer, tenants are often confused about the difference between outgoings and utilities. Could you please explain that? So, Utilities are the services that
2: you connect to and you pay for yourself. So that includes your electricity and your telephone, your internet, and sometimes also includes water consumption if that's separately metered. Uh, Your outgoings are charges which the landlord pays, as Marcia said, and then recovers from you. So this will include uh, any land tax charges or levies or uh, if it's a units plan, then it'll be your owner's corporation charges. If the leasing legislation in either ACT or New South Wales applies, then the landlord is required to give you a disclosure statement which will set out all of the charges you are required to pay, including an estimate of outgoings. So that will have further information in it.
1: So rent usually doesn't stay the same throughout the term of a lease and a lease may be several years long. How is rent dealt with under a lease? So a rent review is uh, common in the lease every year. There are a
2: couple of different ways that that might occur. It may be a fixed increase. Um, It may be increased on the basis of CPI or there may be a market rent review. And market rent reviews are usually common when there is an exercise of an option or when a tenant wants to renew their lease.
1: You've just mentioned that leases can contain an option for a further term. How's that usually dealt with in the lease?
0: If you have an option for a further term or a number of further terms, the lease will usually contain a uh, clause that sets out a time frame within which you must notify the landlord that you are exercising that option and frequently that's on smaller leases between three and six months prior to the expiry of the lease.
1: Of course, each commercial tenant will be very concerned about the suitability of the premises for their own business and questions which may arise for them would relate to car parking, possibly for their staff or their customers and whether or not the premises can be used for their intended use. What would you usually look at in relation to that when advising a tenant?
0: First stop, I'd be asking the landlord or the landlord's agent what is the permitted use on the Crown lease or if it's a um, unit title property on the units plan, what is the permitted use for that particular unit, uh, as that can dictate whether or not you can, in fact, operate your business within those premises. And car parking, you know, it's critical. You need to decide, as the tenant, how many that you need in that property Because they're not always available and maybe you'll then need to look at adjoining properties.
2: This is a very good point um, and I agree with Marcia that it's important to ask what the permitted use, particularly in the ACT, is on the Crown Lease. Because even if the property is currently being used for a particular use, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily permitted under the Crown Lease. Uh, so that's something that we will look at for for tenants and um, Marcia will look at before that we even get there which is good because you can avoid a lot of wasted time if you work out early on whether or not you can use the premises for the permitted use that you'd like.
1: Most leased premises don't come with everything contained within the premises that each tenant needs. Of course, each business has different fit-out requirements usually. Um, What would be your advice to a tenant in relation to any alterations they might need to make to the premises? Within your lease,
0: you'll find a number of clauses that relate to the owner's approval for alterations or works that you are going to do, and it will set out what you're required to do and what you're required to provide for the owner. The owner may also be uh, seeking reimbursement for any technical advice that he needs to receive in order to approve those uh, fit-out plans or alterations. Also within the lease, you should have a next a set of fit-out guidelines, and that will advise you exactly what you're required to do. But it also may nominate stipulated Uh, Service providers, consultants or engineers typically and you need to be very mindful of using those as you may run the risk of breaching warranty if there's new works. So it could save you a great deal of money in the long run if you take note of that fairly carefully up front before you start your design process.
2: Yes, that's a good point, Marcia. And tenants should always keep in mind that these things take time. Uh, So often if you're moving into a new premises, you'll be excited to start your new business. You need to allow time for the documents to be signed because you won't get access to the premises until you've done that. And then once you have the documents You need time for the owner to approve your fit-out design. You need time to engage the contractors. So it's important to make sure that you keep all that in mind. Recently,
0: a tenant was making what it considered to be some fairly small alterations, changing the orientation of some work points uh, and the removal of a wall. However, this actually triggered a requirement to change a number of the fire services, including sprinkler heads, uh, emergency and exit lighting, And there is a very real chance that these could actually uh, trigger a change in the size of the fire hose reels.
1: So it's very important in a case like that, isn't it, that people get advice early from their designers and uh, tenant representatives about what they want to do on the premises. And in a units plan, is there a further layer of complexity? Yes, that's a good point, Christine. In a
2: units plan, there'll be an owner's corporation who'll need to give approval for any works that affect the common property or the structure of the building. And a tenant... um, may think that part of what they think is the property is part of their premises but it's actually common property. So anything um, outside of the borders of the unit will be common property or owned by someone else and the tenant may not be able to make any changes to those.
1: When tenants entering into premises, it might be because they're starting a new business and they may not be considering at that point in time their exit strategy in relation to their business, but uh, every business owner should do that and should consider whether in the future they may choose to sell their business or they may wish to expand their business. What would be your advice to tenants when they are negotiating a lease in trying to take into account those future possibilities.
0: In relation to future expansion, it would probably be a good idea to ask the landlord to give you a first right of refusal over the adjoining space. And, uh, Jennifer, you can probably best address the issues about uh, at the end of the lease term.
2: Yeah, so if you would like to sell your business during your lease, uh, your lease will often say that you need to get the landlord's consent to assign that lease to the purchaser of your business and there'll be certain criteria which that person will need to meet and requirements that you will need to do before the landlord will consent to that. Uh, So that's something we can advise on at the time but it's also something to keep in mind when you're signing up to the lease is that you will need consent to sell your business.
1: You mentioned that we can provide advice at the time that somebody is selling their business and seeking an assignment of the lease. What are some of the traps that might arise if that's not undertaken carefully?
2: So if an assignment of lease is not done properly then the tenant who's looking to sell their business may stay on the hook for that lease till the end of the term. And if it's a company and the directors have given personal guarantees, those guarantors may stay on the hook till the end of the lease as well. So it's important that the assignment is done correctly.
1: We mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that tenants may be protected under legislation uh, in relation to leasing legislation in each jurisdiction. There are some other protections available to small business tenants. What are they? So the Australian Consumer Law recently
2: underwent some changes which extended unfair contract term protections to small businesses. A small business is a company if they employ fewer than 20 employees. So this would probably capture a lot of the tenants out there. So that's also something to keep in mind when you're negotiating your lease.
1: Jennifer, as leasing lawyers, we understand, don't we, that sometimes landlords and tenants do end up in dispute. And tenants may need to seek the advice of their lawyers again in relation to their obligations and how best to deal with their dispute. What would be your advice to a tenant who found themselves in that situation? Yes, Christine. Issues sometimes arise during the lease
2: and a tenant who finds themselves in dispute with a landlord, we would advise that they seek the advice of a lawyer. Uh, because we can have a look at the lease and see what it says and provide advice on that. Here at My Vandenberg, we have a fantastic dispute resolution team who deal very effectively with lease disputes and they can provide advice on what the tenant's rights are and what steps they can take either to protect their rights or take action.
1: So today we have discussed how to avoid hidden costs and protect your interests as a tenant when entering into a lease. What would be the main takeaway points for our listeners?
0: I think the main thing for the listeners is to engage your lawyers and your tenant advocates at the very start of the process when you first start looking at premises so that you can be well protected and well advised before you travel down this path.
2: And Christine, like you said in your introduction, it is a long-term commitment. So keep that in mind when you're agreeing to the terms of the lease.
1: Thank you, Jennifer and Marcia. The leasing team here at Vandenberg are ready and willing to assist all tenants with their new premises, including looking at their leases and assisting them with ensuring that their premises are appropriate for their needs. Please feel free to get in touch with us via our website and you can also contact Marcia via us and we will pass on your inquiries to Marcia. I'm Christine Murray and thanks for listening to MV Talks. For more MV podcasts, check out our page on SoundCloud or download our podcast from iTunes.